The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What took an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices. Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io and joining me today is Jessica Tatilokasser, who is the founder and CEO of e-commerce Badassery, which is a company that specializes in teaching actionable steps and strategies to grow and scale your e-commerce business. Yesterday, Jessica and I talked about on-site shopping experience and SEO, and today we're continuing the conversation with e-commerce content marketing strategies for SEO. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's my conversation with Jessica, the founder and CEO of e-commerce badassery. Jessica, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. I feel like this is going to be a a popular one. I would say just the awareness within e-commerce and content marketing feels like it's just really been progressing over the last few years. And I feel like there's more understanding of like, yeah, we should be doing something, but maybe unsure of what that may be. Yep. So to start it off, just how would you recommend, you know, and let's frame this into maybe the business owners or the people that are leading that aspect of the business in a small to mid-sized company, how would you recommend that they think about content marketing from both a 
marketing channel as well as like how it plays into SEO? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the number one thing is we have to remember that when you are blogging for an e-commerce website, you have to be super strategic and intentional. This is not like the blogging of blogger days where people were just sharing their life and all that good stuff, right? This is about attracting your perfect customer who wants to come and buy the thing that you sell, whatever their reason for purchasing is. And what I see a lot of times is the strategy in terms of what topics they're going to cover are too general. And I think we do this because we think let's cast a really wide net and then we're going to bring in all of these amazing people. Well, the problem is they're the wrong people. They're not going to convert. It's going to screw all the rest of your metrics and the search engines are going to be confused about who to send to you. So like with everything in business, as hard as this is, and I struggle with this on the daily, you need to niche down in what you're talking about. And it needs to be really specific. And here's a really great example to illustrate this. There's a jewelry designer. She hand makes everything. It's beautiful. It's fine jewelry. She does engagement rings, but they all have this. She lives in San Francisco. She has curly hair. So when you see her and you see the jewelry, it makes perfect sense, right? But it all has this vintagey vibe to it. Well, she has content on her website that she's had for years from the very beginning talking about how to pick the perfect diamond. Well, guess what? The people who are searching for that don't necessarily want her style of jewelry. And so they come, they look, they leave, and they go and spend their money somewhere else. So that's what we want to avoid. And I think if you, just to simplify it all, if you just focus on creating content with that in mind, and you plug some products in there, it's going to win for you. Okay. So with that, we're going quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. SEOs take note, just because it has the highest search volume doesn't mean it's the best topic for a business. Right. How would you either go about or how would you recommend that someone goes about identifying those topics in that are going to resonate more with their specific audience? Great question. And I'm sure we can give them all of the recommendations they've heard before, like answer the public, which is weird now since it's like Neil Patel's face and not that random old guy's face. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, Google search suggestions, that kind of thing, but also talk to the customers. So I look at like, what are the customer inquiries What questions are they asking when they're needing help to find the right product for them? And I like to use that as the jumping off point for the content. And I think the more natural you can make the language and the less you try and fancy it up, something we talked about on our last episode, clear over clever, and really just think about who the person is that's going to be reading and or searching for the answer to this question. Can you get super fancy and advanced and all of that? Sure. And if you are at that level, you might not even be listening to this podcast episode. But otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I think we overcomplicate so much that we just need to simplify it and use the words that our customers are using and write content to answer their questions. 
which I noted on that going back to the customer. I think it's a it's a tricky thing because a lot of the SEOs, like especially if you're working with a variety of companies on the agency side, you may not know the customer as well. Like especially for the business owner, is it's like that should be something they would should know, like the back of their hand. You know, it's like there's a reason why they yeah, but they probably don't. Fair. (laughs) You would think there's a reason why they started selling to them and everything else within that. Yeah. I mean, with this too, like I like to also, and and I think you were kind of getting into this as well, is I like to also look at other sources outside of SEO. Mm -hmm. And sometimes whether it's from the social side or even, even something like what Rand's doing with like Spark Toro, where they're pulling more of like what social content people are getting at, that can also be an interesting way to come up with ideas if you're really like just scratching like, ah, I'm an outsider, I don't know this business, or yeah, maybe you're a business owner that doesn't know your business. Yeah. <laughs> but like hearing that more firsthand, like I always like to come back and reference search data and okay, like here I have these ideas. But I feel like that can be helpful instead of the chasing the shiny object in SEO of, oh, this one has a higher search volume, so it must be better. And I therefore should go after it. Right. Yeah. Typically, I find, you know, the bigger the search volume, the too general it is. And it's not really going to reach the ultimate person you're trying to reach. And there's two websites from a content perspective that I, always use as a really great example. One of them is called the man registry. They sell groomsmen's gifts and things like that. And their main focus is SEO blog content and search them. They do an amazing job. And then the other one is the owner's name is Eric. It's beard stuff. Is it beard brand? Beard brand. (laughs) That seems too simple, but I'm pretty sure that's the name. Anyway, Google it. You'll find him. (laughs) He was a content company before he sold physical products. So he started a YouTube channel teaching people how to take care of their beards. And then he started selling them the product to help them take care and style their beards. And so I think, you know, when in doubt, those are two really great examples of how they just focus on supporting the person they're trying to sell product to. And I'm sure at this point, they're big companies and they do the research and all of that. But you can tell that there is just a service the customer first mentality in what they create. It's funny that it always kind of comes back to a lot of these, like a lot of the things that work with an SEO are also more, I think, traditional business practices of this, like knowing your customer and doing that. Yeah. And I remember like way back when I was at, tennis warehouse it was like great they sold tennis rackets a bunch of people buy tennis rackets but their whole focus was we want the people that identify as a tennis player so it's not someone that's just playing for the first time it's someone that's it's a part of their life like they are a tennis player right and the content that resonates the most with that really serious group were these crazy in-depth tennis racket reviews where they have four different people playing with the racket for two weeks. They're doing scientific experiments around the product. And it's like, I think most people from the outside would look at that. And like, if they were working with an agency, it would be like, 
yeah, that's overkill. And they would give something a little more generic as a recommendation. Right. It was overkill for most people, but it resonates with like their audience. And then it also can perform well because it has such depth to it. And I think that's kind of just illustrates a little bit how you're saying just to know the audience, don't chase just the high search volume, but do something that's actually going to be a value add to those users. Yeah. And you know, another, that's such a good example because me as someone who I'm not very athletic, but I've literally never played tennis and I really don't have any intention to, but if I were to go to their site and I'm like, okay, there's all these rackets. How do I know which one to get? That's going to be so in depth. It's going to repel me. So not only is it attracting their perfect customer, but it's pushing the one they don't want away. Because I'm going to come buy one racket, never use it. I'm not going to come back, spend any more money with you. Probably not going to leave you a review. Like you really don't want me. And that's going to scare me away. And that's okay. And I think we're afraid to just like put a stake in the ground. This is who this business is. And we're okay if you don't like it, because there's plenty of other people who do. And that type of content that survives every Google change, every time they update their algorithm, all that little backend stuff, when you just create it from that lens, none of that is going to hurt you and it will continue to work later on. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I feel like with some of the changes that we've seen this year in the SEO, and there's been all the commotion of like how the changes of Google SGE and his chat GBT, is it going to be the end of SEO and everything else? And I think a lot of that for me is a little bit of the illustration of like, yeah, that will take a lot of traffic, but that's not necessarily traffic that has a significant impact to a business's bottom line. You could probably find some outliers or some people that it, it would, but it, of course, yeah. For the most part, for like especially, I would say within the e-commerce, like great, I might get some top level information from like a Chat GPT or Google's version of it, but it's not gonna like. That means I'm so early stage that I haven't even really begun 
my buyer's journey into it. I mean, I guess technically I have, but like I'm not at any point that I'm ready to make a purchase. Purchase, not at all. Yeah. You're a looky loo. <laughs> you don't want that person anyway. I think too, and look, someday I may be completely proved wrong, but just like I don't think brick and mortar will ever go away because you cannot replace the in-person shopping experience. It's an outing for people, right? Like I go, I when I hang out with my mom, we go eat and shop. Like that's literally what we do because we're not going to like talk about politics. She barely understands what I do for work. So we shop together. So just like I don't think that's going to go away, I don't think you know, this fear around all of this AI, I get it, but also I don't because it can't replace humans. And if you're afraid that it's going to replace you, then it's your job to show how it can't replace you. Maybe that's too simplified, but that's kind of what I think about that. No, and it boils, it boils down to that. and. I, I mean, I agree too. And I, to me, it's also just a modern illustration of like the changes that we've been seeing in the SEO landscape. It's like you go back five years and it's like, uh, position zero, like feature snippets are taking over all the traffic. And it's like, yeah, this is a more extreme version of it, but it's still like the same underlining principles, the same more of like, not SEO fundamentals in the sense of like use a keyword in your title tag, like that kind of principles, but like the principles of like how search functions, it's still as relevant as before. And it changes a little bit in the interaction or like, yeah, how we interact with search engines, but all those principles are still intact. And again, like how valuable is a lot of that traffic to begin with? Yeah. So if anything, I would say it's just more of like forcing the hand of a lot of us practitioners to be more deliberate. And yeah, some of the stuff that maybe we got away with before is kind of tightened up, but it doesn't, it's like the game's still the same. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not going to go away. I mean, I liken it to the whole iOS 14 thing, right? Like people were freaking out. Oh my God, iOS 14, this is going to ruin advertising. And yet yeah, ruined it for the people who relied on the algorithm to do all the work. But the ones who spent the time to, if you can't tell guys, I'm from New York and I just sort of tell it like it is. People either love me or hate me for that. <laughs> But the people who took the time to understand their audience and dial in their copy and do all of that. I mean, I have one of co-hosts in a program that I have. She is an ads agency. And those clients, there was a little blip in their results when the initial changeover happened. And then they went right back to performing as good, if not better than they were before. So we will figure it out. And I think that sometimes we just get so caught up, like we just have to control what we can control and focus on the things that we can actually, you know, move the needle with and the things that we can do. And the rest is, it's going to be changing forever. Like we all signed up for this when we got into some sort of digital anything. This is the rest of our lives, guys. You know, we just got to keep figuring it out and we will. Great point. Last question I have, and this would be for whether the business owner that's looking to embark on content marketing or even 
the SEO agency team member that's trying to communicate value of content marketing, what expectations would you set for impact and lack of better way return on investment in that sense? Because I think a lot of times when people are kind of like new to it, they may have heard things about it, but they may be a little more accustomed to the way PPC might function. And so I think like that's something a lot of SEOs will often struggle with is like, how do you set proper expectations? Or if you are a business owner and you're planning to do this, you know, you should have a realistic perspective of time to impact and things like that. So how do you set those expectations with whether it's clients or even just, yeah, talking to other people as they embark on it? Such a good question. And I, that friend of mine who does ads, I'm jealous of her because she gets to set up an ad and make someone money right away. And I'm teaching them how to get more traffic to their site and set up email automations, which like don't work until they work. (laughs) So if you are someone selling those kinds of services, I totally get you. Ultimately, it's going to depend. Typically, the longer you've been around, the faster you will see success. Otherwise, you have to really think of it as an investment in your business, right? It's not a one-to-one marketing, like put a dollar in, get $2 out. That's just not how it works. And so you really do have to think about it as an investment that's going to serve you in the long term. Just like I would tell you when you're trying to decide how much you can pay to acquire a new customer, I'm going to ask you, well, how much does your customer spend with you for the lifetime that they are a customer? The more they spend, the more you're willing to spend up front. So, you know, you have to kind of approach it that way. But then also, and this This is a great way to position it for those who are a little bit afraid of it. It becomes really great content for email and social, which literally every e-commerce business owner I've ever spoken to struggles with what to say and coming up with new content all the time. So you have this one long form piece of content that you get to repurpose into 20 or 30 other pieces of content over time. When is it going to work? I can't tell you that. I'd be lying if I could tell you exactly when it was going to work. Absolutely. You really hit on like probably one of my favorite strategies in communicating SEO value to someone. Like the double dip (laughs) tactic is amazing. Yeah. Like if someone's new to it, show value also to another function or another channel of the business. Like I love the illustration that you gave there. I use it a ton, especially in the e-commerce on like page speed and page performance. It's like I don't even position it as an SEO ranking factor. It's more of just, hey, if we reduce the page load time, we can improve conversion rate. Yeah. Selfishly, yeah, I want it because the core vital scores are trash. <laughs> but it's like you don't need it's a much easier sell to just talk about conversion rate and something familiar that maybe they already have a pain point. Yeah. So in this case, it's great advice. I'd say, yeah, like keep an eye out to use it across the board, though, because it's one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, too, like if you are approaching what you are talking about 
the way we talked about, right? Really like, what are the questions that the customer is asking? What information can I give them that's going to get them to make the buying decision we want them to make? It's evergreen, friends. It's going to live on forever. So you get to repurpose it basically for all time. And at some point, you get to update that post. You get to push it back to the front of your feed. Google sees that you updated it. They get excited because they know it's not stale content and they're still happy to send people to it. And it's just going to serve you for a long, long time. A similar strategy like content strategy that's not blogs is gift guide pages, Valentine's Day gift guide, holiday gift guide leave them up all year long, just take them out of your navigation, but let them live on and soak up lots of SEO juice. In the beginning, you're going to set it up and it's literally going to do nothing for you. And you're going to be like, this doesn't work. Three, four years from now, when it starts ranking, you're going to be like, oh, look at that. I'm so glad I invested the time to put this up earlier. And then you just update it each year. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah, you're not creating a brand new page every single year. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't put any years in your URLs. Keep them generic. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's been a pleasure with that. It wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Jessica Totillo Coster from e-commerce badassery for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessica, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is at ecombadassery, or visit her company's website at ecommercebadassery.com. And also be sure to check out the URL ecommercebadassery.com slash voices for an extra little freebie from Jessica. All right. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 